2: coronavirus created possibly one of the greatest f1 seasons of all time would you agree with that statement yes or no 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 okay why
3: (laughs) (laughs) it's lighter
2: Hello and welcome to the Cut to the Race podcast. It is a little later than normal recording this one, so sorry to all you people that have been pressing the refresh link because I've I've seen our download numbers went up yesterday. Uh, But we are here. It's uh, it's Sunday evening and we have three new people on the podcast today, so, well, brace yourself. First of all, we've got Dan, who is um, one of our writers at the Formula Nerds. Dan, how are you today, sir? I'm very great, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not bad, thank you, not bad. Um, But we also have two guests. We have andy and elton from the gp podcast now i'm not usually up for promoting other f1 podcasts but theirs, theirs is all right and they, they've made me giggle for a good few years now so uh, how are you two doing
3: ours is all right that's that's a good <laughs> intro man. thank you so us, much that's high praise to be fair it's that all right. is very high praise yeah it's a, yeah, all right you know it, I mean, it sounds uh, yeah. like most of our reviews though doesn't it when, when we look on itunes it's, it's like yeah it's all right five
1: stars ollie was saying earlier how funny it was so that's a good sign
2: i, I was saying one of the things that really drew us in uh, and we, we were actually sharing it across our team was the um the, the russia race review where you named the corners that was possibly one oh, uh, of the funniest things with my uh with my flawless russian accent yes <laughs> it was uh
0: it was the most entertaining podcast that was for mother russia
2: elton's cringing already
3: <laughs> I'm just wondering how many people actually got the reference, though, of the Scottish accent during the Russian Grand Prix. That's okay. worrying.
2: I did it for the French one as well. I did it did
0: for all of them. So
2: universal accent. It works for everything. Yeah. For the people that don't listen to your podcast, what's it about? And what do you cover?
3: What do we cover? We cover uh, race by race. So you have a race on the Sunday, Sunday night, around about this sort of time, about nine o'clock, we would record our review. And that is to get it out for Monday because we know what uh, it, it's such a time sensitive subject. You can't put something out Wednesday or Thursday about the Sunday race. So I've been doing that since 2013. I've always wanted to do a uh, Formula One podcast. For ever since I found podcasting podcast in 2008. And it took me years and years to build up the courage to do it. And then all of a sudden I did it. I had a friend, uh, Chris, who was there at the very beginning. He helped me along through it. He had to leave for various reasons. And then I tapped up Andy and there we are now. Ever since I'm a James May. I'm yeah. a James May. <laughs> That's it, yeah.
2: I've got to say... Uh, I'm being completely honest here. I do look forward to when I when I get into bed on a Sunday after a race, right, and I go refresh on Apple Podcasts, and I see it pop up, I go, oh, quality, here we go, here we go. Um, what is it with people listening to our
0: podcast in bed? Because my wife actually uses it to fall asleep. which, which You know, I think it's... <laughs> Might be a damning indictment of the cast,
2: but... (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, you know, I'm not sure how many I've made the end of. I'm only joking. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I never make the end of it. Screw you. I'm off. (laughs) 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 Bye-bye. But no, F1 podcasting, it's, it's, it's a difficult subject, especially... I'm not sure if you guys find this, but... When you're doing a race review, um, Andy has messaged me a few times and said, yep, yeah, you were wrong on that, by the way. That bit was wrong. Um, but, I, he
3: does that to everyone, doesn't <laughs> he?
2: <laughs> but it's very difficult to remember what happened over the space of a two-hour race and 20 different drivers, especially when it's like the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. How, how, how do you guys fill two hours talking about the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix? Did anything happen Talk- in on- the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix?
0: No, no, we talk nonsense. We talk absolute nonsense. I mean, that is why the Russian Grand Prix devolved down to us naming corners, because <laughs> there's nothing else to talk about during that race. Yeah. So we decided, back bit backstory, I got really bored in the British Grand Prix last year until the last lap when Hamilton won with three wheels, because of course he did. So I started just renaming the corners, because the names of the corners at Silverstone are so poncy. I mean, I mean, they just really are. Uh, so I decided, instead of uh, maggots, speckets, and um, what's the other one? Cops. Uh, I oh. decided to, to name them Margarita, Barney the Dinosaur, and Chicken Sandwich, which I feel are much more <laughs> evocative names uh, for the circuit. And from there, we decided, oh, wait, Russia, that's a terrible race. We're not looking forward to going to it. Mm-hmm. But we could rename all the corners. and So that's what we did. But yeah, it, it's... One of our favourite reviews we've had on iTunes uh, said we were a pair of um, giggling idiots who don't really know a thing about Formula One. And yeah, basically, that's exactly what it says on the tin. We have that a disclaimer right, yeah. at the beginning, which states that uh, our podcast is unsuitable for children due to language and unsuitable due to adults due to humour.
2: <laughs> uh, didn't, didn't you have a review, something to do with um, crisps? Was it, was it something to do with crisps? crisps. Crackers, crisps. Pretzels. Pretzels, that pretzels.
0: was it. Oh, yeah. Pretzels, oh, oh, so that yeah. was uh, some. someone accused us of tying ourselves into knots to be woke uh, because uh, we were praising Lewis Hamilton for how well he'd done, you know, him not coming from a F1 legacy family and not coming from a load of money. And he says, you're just spending all this time tying yourselves in knots like pretzels to be woke and to support him when he's just the best and he's got the best car and that's it. So, yeah,
2: we decided to eat pretzels during the next cast. <laughs> absolutely brilliant uh, it didn't make me laugh that it did and, and to be fair i think everything that you said was fair regarding lewis hamilton because i remember listening to that podcast before and it's you guys are not lewis hamilton fanboys you're f1 fanboys right so you mm. if someone does well as long as they're not called lance stroll then you'll praise them
3: yeah i think it works that way uh i i'm not a uh, a self-proclaimed hamilton fan but i respect everything that he's done and the same with Lance Stroll. If he, if he rocks up and he's good that day, he's going to get that thumbs up. But if if he crashes into a barrier or he, he knocks a wheel off, or he, he trips over somewhere and makes a bit of a tit of himself, then I'm going to pull that up as well. I think that's only fair, really. And and that's the way that I like to, to do things. I hold my hands up. I don't listen to any other shows only because I don't want them to bleed over to our show because that has happened before and I don't want that to ever happen again. So, you know, uh, that that's the way that I, I put things together anyway. For sure, for
2: yeah. sure. And it's interesting you said that, actually, because I make sure that I don't listen to your show before we record ours uh, for exactly the same reason, that you don't mm. want opinions bleeding through. But sometimes you naturally share opinions and mm-hmm. um, there are a few opinions that we do share. There's a few jokes we share as well now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um,
2: 19 best drivers
0: on the grid and yep. on Grosjean. Although, uh, alas, Roman is no longer in Formula One. Although it's still just 19 races on the grid. Uh, there are still 19 just 19. cars. Yeah. And, uh,
2: yeah, just 19 um we 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 did and and we spoke about that on another episode so we did credit you on that one but it was the absolute (laughs) sensical thing to do and um it has amused a few people on our facebook page when we're writing articles without mentioning names
1: anyway i got a massive divide in the comments on one of my articles because i put mick schumacher mick schumacher's teammate and then a bunch of other drivers and everyone went mental half the people loved it half the people hated it so it's really a good topic for debate
2: <laughs> it is it is and and you you either you gain fans for that or you gain fans for that right well, if, if we if we if we affect someone enough that
0: they go out of their way to give us a negative review on iTunes it's all engagement as far as we're concerned you know it's like <laughs> we, we, we've We've reached out out to you and made a connection, so that's a win. The worst thing to have is apathy.
2: (laughs) The the thing that the internet haters forget, and I haven't actually spoken about this, but engagement, like you just said, Andy, engagement is engagement. If you write a comment, it doesn't matter whether it's good or bad, it still boosts the engagement, right? So bring on the
3: haters, bring on the haters. I I think me and Andy would still probably just phone each other up at the end of the day if we weren't doing this show and just talk about the race. Or we're definitely messy each other through the race and find out our views as to what was going on but we don't do it for for getting more listeners or anything like that we do it because we enjoy it and i think that's that shows through i'm hoping that shows through at some points
2: it does it it, it is your your show is listening to two mates talk about f1 and Mm -hmm. I think people want to hear that. People want to hear what actual people think about the race.
3: Yeah, I I, I get to chat to Andy about it. Um, I talk to my son about it, but that's as far as it goes. I'm sure Andy gets fed up with my messages every now and again as well.
0: (laughs) Nah, you're you're good, mate. You're good. Okay, cool. (laughs) The amount of podcasts we did last year. I mean, you ask why I haven't listened to any F1 news. We did, what was it, 54 podcasts last year?
3: What, just the Grand Prix ones or other yeah. ones as well?
0: Well, just in, in total recording oh. last year, we did like 50 plus recordings about F1. Yes. I needed some time off. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I've just been like... This is the off season. Yeah, very yeah, exactly. much so. So when, when we come to the episode, I turn up and say, right, uh, let's see what brave new colours red... But oh, it's the same colours. It's the exact same colors as always.
2: There's there's the first spoiler of the show. Um that's not really a spoiler, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. It's the same as every year. Apart from the year when Red Bull had the uh, the Star Wars livery for one race. Mm. One, one Red race. Bull Red Bull often do a testing
1: livery, but they just haven't this year. So that was disappointing.
2: Yeah, they, they 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 put out some merch just before the the, the reveal, didn't they? Yeah. Which looked like they were going to go down that road again, but it's like they, blue camo merch. But yeah. no, it never.
0: That dazzle camo one looked amazing, and then they did that blue and grey one, which was great. And and I was saying to Elton, about this recently. Isn't it ironic? But when Red Bull came into Formula One, they were the young upstarts, and the uh, we're going to show them how it's done and then shake things up. Now they're the most corporate team, other than Fiat. It's just the same. <laughs> Over and over and
2: over and over. Yeah, yeah. I I did play a little bit of spot the difference on their uh, their Mm. and It it took me a while. (laughs) I think the only one was that Aston Martin wasn't there anymore. But (laughs) we 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 shall get there. What we haven't covered on this show for a few weeks because we've had we've we've had guests on. We've got let's be honest, distracted by other things. We haven't really spoken about the news. So. Dan, um, he's Daniel, one of our news writers at the Nerds. Can you just talk to me about what is going on, you know, in in the motorsport world at the moment? Because I think there was a bit of a a, a tough weekend uh, for Formula E this weekend, wasn't there? It
1: was. There was a tough weekend for Formula E. So it was the first Formula E race of the season last weekend in Saudi Arabia. The two races, one won by Nick DeFreeze, one run by Sam Bird, who holds the record of winning a Formula E race in every season, which is quite impressive. Um, but I do think the weekend will be remembered more for the negatives and the positives of that weekend. We had the horrible crash from Alex Lynn, who had to go to hospital, thankfully is okay. And then we had a ballistic missile threat as well. So it all really happened that weekend.
2: So the, yeah, this ballistic missile... I, I... I didn't really see that on much mainstream news. It was all a bit hush-hush, was it I not? I think it's unclear whether
1: the missile strike was aimed for the Formula E race or whether it was just an occurrence that happened at that time. Obviously, Saudi Arabia isn't known for its safety, I suppose. so. No, but way, ballistic not good. missiles,
3: though.
2: <laughs> it's a little
3: concerning. Thankfully,
1: they were intercepted before anything happened, but it's not doesn't bode well with F1 going there in a few months' time.
2: No, so the the FIA were debating whether to cancel the second Formula E race, weren't they, due to this? And this seems a little worrying for future F1 events. And uh, it it was in the news this week that Formula E, sorry, Formula 1 is going to be in Saudi Arabia for the next 10 years? Yep, that's what I've heard. So, Andy and Elton, what are your
0: thoughts on that statement? The, uh, the 10 years in Saudi Arabia statement or the missile statement?
2: Let's go for both.
0: Well, with regards to, to the missile, uh, the first I heard about it was when you told me this was a thing. So I also went and looked at various news sites, couldn't find a thing. So I am putting that firmly in a pinch of salt category, not saying it didn't happen. Don't for an instant believe it was aimed at the circuit primarily because it's actually very hard to get a missile to land where you want it to land, um, especially when it's a ballistic missile. But that's besides the point. Uh, as far as being in Saudi Arabia for 10 years, well, I mean, we're supposed to be still uh, at Donington Park, aren't we, on the uh, was it 12-year British Grand Prix contract they signed um, with Bernie way back when? Um, Got me there. Contracts change, You know, contracts aren't really worth the money they're printed on, so we'll see. I, I understand it's a very, um, what's the polite way to say, politically sensitive topic. But, you know, if if we're flagging that with Saudi Arabia, you know, should we really be in Bahrain? Should we really be in Brazil? Should we really be in Turkey? Should we really be in Hungary? Should we really be, hell, in Silverstone at the minute? There's, there's a lot of places around the world where things are just a little... Ugh. So... <sighs> My biggest concern as a Formula One fan is: is the race going to be good? It's a street circuit. I doubt it very much. I mean, it could be Azerbaijan, but I don't doubt. Designed so by Herman be. Tilke, that circuit. Uh, what well, so Azerbaijan could, or Saudi Arabia?
1: Saudi Arabia will be. So that could either be great, or it could be another Abu Dhabi yeah. type ball fest.
0: I got. I mean, I've given Herman Tilke a lot of shit over the years because you know. He's done some terrible circuits, but something we've come to understand of late is it's not really the circuits, it's the cars. So, who knows? Um, Let's see. I mean, we were supposed to be racing a second race in Vietnam this year, and that's just not happening. So, ever. So, we'll see. You know, if we get to 5th of December and we're racing in Saudi Arabia, I'm sure there will be a lot of opinions to be had about it.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Elton, if you've got anything to add on that, you're staying very quiet.
3: Yeah, well, I I don't know much about the politics of Saudi Arabia or anything like that, so I, I'm tending to... I need to do some research on that before I form a massive opinion on that. <laughs> Otherwise, I, I'm just chucking holy hand grenades all over the place and, and just waiting for them to, to blow up all over the place. You've got to I, December,
0: I, mate. we have got plenty of time. We'll, we'll get the research done before
3: then. One <laughs> does not count to December. One counts to three and no more. We all know this yeah. with holy <laughs> hand grenades. Um... Uh, with the ballistic missile, I once again, I don't know much about it, but it terrifies me. But is that the point of the story, to terrify people of going there? That's it, It's to get people thinking about, again, do we actually go there or not? Look, we're all in a bit of a pandemic at the moment, so kind of edging on the uh, side of maybe not going to these races. But... Hopefully, when things open up, we shall see. I don't want people chucking ballistic missiles at me, though.
2: But it, it, you know. it's
3: a, it's a fair point. I think most of our, our,
2: our listeners will agree with that. It, it, it's not something that you want to spend money to, to to go and experience. But the the way I've looked at it is that the FIA did their investigation of their you know the safety of the event, and they continued so draw from that I think what you want um they're, they're not going to put people in in risk however there was a video online but this video could have been taken anywhere so um again don't don't believe everything that you read in the media um mm-hmm. uh, because I'm uh, you know I certainly have faith that the FIA in this case did the right thing by continuing that event um let's talk about more non-F1 let's talk about Grosjean he's been testing an IndyCar hasn't he? He has been testing an Indy car and
1: in Grosjean style, he crashed on his first Indy car test. Um, however, apart from that, he d- he said the test went really, really well. So I'm pleased for him personally. And he finally got to wear that helmet as well, that his kids designed that he was meant to wear at the Abu Dhabi last race, which obviously he couldn't partake in after his Bahrain crash. But yeah, aside
2: from the crash, it went well for him. So I, I, I just want to just double check this. So he, he did his first Indy car test. He crashed and then got out and said it went really well. From what I've heard.
3: It, it took him 14 lats to crash. Normally it takes him eight. So that's like yeah. a, a double, double bubble. And
0: there was no fireball this time. I mean, that's a plus. Yeah. It's one better than his last crash. True.
2: He
1: walked
0: away. He was fine, OK? Just to be clear, he was fine. It was more of a slight
1: offing than a crash, I think. <laughs> Yeah, he, he, kind of just,
2: I think he said something about there being a lot of gravel or or, or something, didn't he, nearby? Or yeah. anyway, he's all right. Um, but actually, talking about fireballs and Grosjean, um, Gene Haas has pulled the the the, the Haas sponsorship from Grosjean in IndyCar now, um, and he said that is because he didn't want to pay Grosjean to to injure himself. Um, don't quote me on that; that's not a direct quote. But um, the point was is that Gene Haas didn't want to give on money in order to um, you know uh, upset his family and all this type of thing. Uh, I'm not sure I'm buying that.
3: Sounds like someone he's trying to uh, like cut their ties with a certain driver and, and maybe not, maybe he doesn't want the sponsorship upside down when he sees it spinning around on a circuit. You know, that, that doesn't bode well for a sponsorship, does it? So cut ties with him, he's prone, it, look, I think he's a great driver. I, at one point, I did think he still had a little bit of magic in him as well. <laughs> but it, it might still be there; you never know. But I, I, I just think people have, look. We've done Grosjean. Let's move on from him now. Okay,
2: Elton, we'll move on. Uh...
3: No, no, I'm not saying <laughs> us. I'm just saying Gene Harris.
1: <laughs> no, I know exactly what you're saying. One uh, interesting uh, point that I've just found was that a quote Grosjean gave to IndyCar when he stepped out of the car was that it felt like home. So he's obviously quite happy in America. He never said an F1 car felt like home. So take that what you will.
3: Yeah. He he was buried in the kitty litter at the time he gave that quote though I think <laughs> yeah oh, quite possibly
0: doesn't it I'm not going Gullies I believe they're technically cool. yes that's right yeah
2: oh uh, the Grosjean Gully I was just telling I was just telling Dan about the Grosjean Gully before we started recording <laughs> possibly my favourite uh, quote of your podcast was the Grosjean Gully uh, did, how did that come around just out of interest
3: I think it was when we were naming the corners on uh, on the Russian Grand Prix. No,
0: it it was before that. It was, he'd crashed. Obviously he'd crashed. Um, I'm I'm trying to remember what circuit it was, but it was, there was one corner where science went out at the beginning of a race and he took his front wheel off. But during testing, Grosjean had gone off there a few times and you decided to call that runoff area the Grosjean gully because he was just...
3: Well, they have one now in Spain, don't they, where you have to go yeah. the long way around. Uh, they yeah. also have one in Russia on turn one, turn two. So mm-hmm. anything like that now is just nicknamed the Grosjean Gully.
0: Yeah. I mean, he was a goldmine
2: for our podcast, and now he's gone. You know, we're, we're, yeah, What are we going to do? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and I was thinking there was a potential Grosjean Gully, actually, in Monza uh, at the end of the first straight. But if I can't recall him going through it. He may have smashed through it, but... Vettel did. He went straight through. Yeah, the I remember Sarai Vettel in through, yeah. yeah.
1: I think that's well, my favourite radio message of all time. Vettel saying his brakes have failed and then Ferrari immediately coming over the radio and saying, okay, stop the car. And like, obviously he can't, <laughs> his brakes have failed. I think that's a f- my favourite radio message of all time.
2: <laughs> Good, okay. Um, I want to get you, you, your take, guys, on on Aston Martin. Um what do you think of them coming into F1? Obviously, this is, this is Racing Point with a new logo, but there, there is change going on. What are you expecting for them this season? And um, what do you think of the, the story that um, Stroll Sr. is going to um, try and get Hamilton?
0: Um. <clears throat> <laughs> I think that sums up my thoughts on that uh, particular rumour. What, as far as Aston Martin coming into Formula One, uh, the, the biggest change I can see coming is there will be a green car back on the grid for the first time since Jaguar. Although hopefully this will be a good green, not the Jaguar green. But it might be green and pink. It's not going to be green and pink.
2: So yeah, <laughs> Obviously I, now it will not be green and I pink. was very surprised that BWT uh, stayed with Aston Martin. I don't think anyone saw that coming, to be honest. So, you know, obviously the, the infamous pink racing point. Um, they're going to have to get pink on there somewhere. But... Um, Elton, what's your thoughts on Aston Martin Vettel Stroll?
3: I'm actually quite looking forward to him. I have a, a little soft spot for Stroll. I don't know why. He's got some magic left. He's got some magic left, yeah, doesn't he's he? He's got some magic. <laughs> left. He, he's taken over from Grosjean for me. I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm looking for It is going to be a racing point. We know that. But Vettel changing his uh, tact, moving over to. Over to Aston Martin, fair enough, he got booted out of Ferrari. And so he really didn't have any say on that situation. But I think it's exciting. I think they should have a pretty good car underneath them. As Andy said, green's my favourite colour anyway. So I'm going to be supporting them. If I can get loads of merch, please, Aston Martin, if you're listening. Probably not. But if you are listening, I'll have some. Definitely. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to them. I, I think they are possibly going to be one of the most exciting teams on the grid, whether they hit the dizzy heights or just don't muster any beef whatsoever.
2: I mean, a lot of people—they're saying that Aston Martin are going to be sort of, you know, battling against McLaren for that third place, uh, certainly this year, and then pushing on into 2022. Um, Dan, what, what, do you, what do you make of that? I personally, having spoken with, with, with Matt Bishop and various people that are, build, you know, bringing this Aston Martin team to life, I, I, I think it's—they've it, really, really got potential. And dare I say, could this be the return of Vettel?
1: Well, that's, that's a statement. I mean, I'm with Elton and I have a bit of a soft spot for Lance Stroll. I, don't, I think he's proven himself to be, not. I'm not going to say a good driver, but an okay driver. He's got his pole position at Turkey. He's got a few podiums under his belt. So I don't think he's as bad as many people give him slack for. I do think he'll be beaten by Vettel. Um, and I don't think Aston Martin will challenge for third as closely as they think they're going to challenge for third. I feel like third will be between McLaren with the new Mercedes and Ferrari if they can get their act together. I know that's a bit of a statement and this could come back to bite me horribly in 12 months time when Ferrari finished ninth behind Haas and Williams. I think, and I the think about 30 days time actually. Or yep. <laughs> <laughs> that after pre-season testing. Um, but no, yeah.
2: Okay. In- interesting you said Ferrari. Yeah. Um, Oh, how our, our plan for this podcast has changed. But Ferrari, their team launch. Um, Dan, I just want to ask you, you know, based based on that bold statement that Ferrari are going to be challenging for third, what did you think of their, their team launch? This wasn't the car launch, was it? This was just the team launch. It was...
1: I mean, I wouldn't really call it a launch, to be honest. I feel like I'm basing Ferrari challenging the third on the fact that they have a very strong driver lineup in Leclerc and Sainz. I don't think I'm basing it so much on the fact that their car will be the third quickest. But then again, McLaren wasn't the third quickest car last season and they managed to get third in the constructors. I think racing point was probably quicker. Um, but yeah, the team launch was just, I kind of just wasted my lunch hour watching it um mm. n- nothing really came out of it it was the clerk science and um binotto saying how great they all are and how great ferrari is for a little while and then that was it mm.
2: and then and then i think it was earlier today the news breaks that binotto's not actually going to be at most of the races next year he's going to be focusing on 2022 so mm. f- in feels- 2020 the races he wasn't at ferrari did
1: better at than the races that he was at i think the only podiums ferrari got or at least two of the podiums ferrari got bonotto wasn't there in 2020 so uh well that's well hold
2: hold on Uh, just before we 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 broadcast this because that's a bold statement can we check the facts please we need to take a quick break but can we check the facts on that please dan (laughs) because that's uh that's a surprising statement i will i'll have a look i'll have a look amazing okay we can take a quick break and we'll be back in just a moment Welcome back to the show. This is the Cut to the Race podcast. We have got the guests with us today from the GP podcast, Andy Elton. You're still here with us, aren't you? Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: Technically, it's the Grand Prix podcast. I don't know if you type GP, you'd find us, but yeah, either way.
2: Oh dear. Grand Prix podcast on iTunes, Spotify, <laughs> wherever you get your podcasts from. Right, we'll we'll
0: send you our linking details at the end. It's fine. It's
2: fine. <laughs> um. Just before we went on that break, um, Dan, you had some fact checking to do on your bold statement about Ferrari. Can we just can we just follow up on that, please?
1: My my fact checking revealed I was a little bit too bold on that statement. Um, yeah. Benotto wasn't at the Turkish Grand Prix, which is where Ferrari did the best of their season, finishing third and fourth with Vettel getting his only podium of the season. Um, and Ferrari scored the most points of any constructor at the Turkish Grand Prix. Because obviously third and fourth points added up to more than Mercedes got because Bottas was.
2: Bottas was playing in the puddles.
1: Yeah, let's not let's not talk about that. Um, my Bottas <laughs> fanboy can't deal with it. But um, yeah, so Ferrari's most successful weekend of the season was at Turkey. So I was kind of right.
2: Which was a bit of a fluke, but okay. <laughs>
1: okay, right. I, I had it in my head somewhere. Benotto also wasn't at Bahrain, but Ferrari finished 11th and 12th in Bahrain.
2: So,
3: was, Did he turn up at any races? Gee, he, he sounds like he was having a bit of a skive year.
2: Part-time team principal, it sounds like, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah. Can I also say, Ferrari are the only team that would get away with doing two launches at the beginning of a season. It's disgusting. How, how dare they think that we would watch two launches? I wish Shame you I hadn't. Them. It was terrible. Ha. I showed them I didn't watch one.
2: Ha. 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 I'm not sure what they actually launched on the first one. There, there was no launching of anything. It was just saying what we already knew. Well, It's their bold new team livery
0: of a shade of red. That's not actually that, Ferrari red. It's more that's not orange, true. But.
3: Leclerc had tea towels. He was handing out tea towels. Okay ready for everyone. Uh, uh, Science had a nice penny on as well.
0: So Let's we'll do a the- T-shirt cannon, at least.
3: See, yes, T-shirt cannon
0: to no one.
1: Yeah, to no one. Yeah. Uh-oh, there's no one in the crowd. They just fired it up in the air and then tried to catch it themselves <laughs> to make themselves feel better.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, yeah, so we've... Hold on, I just need to flip back. So we've got the second Ferrari launch, um, March the 10th and in brackets on the sky sports f1 website it says ferrari team launch on february 26th ferrari car launch on march the 10th but uh, at the time of recording it is the 28th of february uh, we have had mclaren alpha tauri alfa romeo and red bull um has has anything interesting happened out of these car launches yet i mean the alpha tauri looked good i like that Nice In the, re- so good. It, the reverse, basically it was, you know, um, if you're on Photoshop and you press inverse colors, essentially it's the that's player. what it's, it was. It's,
0: the, it's the player too. So if you're both playing Street Fighter and you both want to play as Ryu, you know, one wears the white one the other one wears slightly different colors. It's just the inverse color. But yeah, I like the Alpha Tower. It kind of had a um, 1970s Ligier feel to it or Tyrell, something like that. Yeah,
2: I like that. Okay.
0: And Alpha Tauri's launch, because it was second after the McLaren launch,
1: and McLaren did obviously the big program on Sky with Lando and Daniel and Natalie Pinkham hosting it. And then Alpha Tauri did a two minute YouTube video at eight o'clock in the morning. I was kind of, I was so hyped for it. I thought I'd get up early because eight o'clock's early. Um, and then, yeah, it's just a two minute YouTube video. <laughs>
3: Oh, here's me keeping the wheels of industry turning, uh, getting up at six, and there, there's you getting up early at eight. Jeez.
2: <laughs> Gosh. Dan, I'm so sorry for putting you out writing about this kind of stuff, to have to get up at eight o'clock in the morning. I'm so sorry, mate. I'll get someone else to do it next time. Um, but you are right. And I've got to say, with the McLaren livery, I'm going to admit to something here that I probably shouldn't, but I'm going to. Because we're an honest bunch of people, we, we at the Formula Nerds actually wrote an article about it and then put last year's livery up by accident because we couldn't tell the difference. <sighs> we did. We did. Oh, that, was that was on crazy. one of Callum's Facebook posts. He put the, the livery from last year up and someone caught it. So we had to quickly pretend that never happened. But there Thank is no the difference. Attention to most of us. <laughs> <laughs> I was quite amazed that people do pay that much attention but they do. Um what do you think of the driver lineup at McLaren? So we we've, we've obviously we've got Daniel Ricardo and Lando Norris um this year. Uh, Elton Andy what are your thoughts on those two together because they've said they're not going to be the meme kings which we would have expected, right? Well, they can
0: say that? One does not choose to be a meme king. One is gifted it. It it's you know, you don't choose to meme king life. The meme king life comes to you. Um but in particular, someone was saying that they think Ferrari's got the strongest driver lineup. I'd argue McLaren might have the strongest driver lineup.
3: I know they don't want to be meme kings, uh, but give it half a year and Sky Sports will have them on every single thing that they do, every little, little relay that they do. They'll, they'll have them racing them stupid little uh, radio control cars up and down mm-hmm. all the time. It'll be like, well, who do we go to? I will. Someone get Lando. Someone get uh, Ricardo, and then I'll have them shepherds crooks and grab them by the hook, uh, grab them by the the throat and pull them in.
0: And, and have Johnny Herbert dabbing on uh, sky. <laughs> oh, <God.
2: laughs> oh, that made me cringe. <laughs> it's. Do you know what? You, you are right. And I just, I, I, I just have a picture in my mind of the Red Bull uh, drivers driving around in Aston Martins with trailers uh, on the back. And I think, I think that was. Ricardo and Verstappen. Um, but you are right. It, it's it, They're going to be the go-to guys for social media. And I think they know that, let's be honest here. They've got the two personalities in one team. It's genius.
3: It's good corporate image. If they want Instagram hits, they're going to get Instagram hits. If they want Facebook likes, that's what they're there for. They're also there because they're bloody good drivers and they make a cracking team. I'm looking forward to it. I am wondering: Is there going to be like a, a little? There's going to be an incident where they have to butt heads, and if something sparks off there and they don't quite get along, that's going to be really interesting. Yeah,
2: I mean, when 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 it was the McLaren launch, I I, I did ask. I said. Ricardo, are you going to learn from Lando? And Ricardo was very much, well, Lando is the existing driver in McLaren. So, therefore, he's going to show me the ropes here. But I've, had, I've, I've been in F1 for 10 years. So, I think they're going to learn from each other in terms of um, how they progress. And I, I, I do think I think it's an exciting combo. Um, I really do. But um, going back to Alpha Tauri, we've got um, Gasly and Sonoda.
3: What do you make of these two? I've been watching F2 and the the, the guy's been popping up. I've been trying to concentrate on F1. And so I, I, when names pop up at me, I concentrate on them and watch watch the races, but I don't solely commit my whole life to the whole weekend. I I just don't have time to to commit my whole life to Mm -hmm. that whole weekend. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. I'd love to. That would be amazing. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen. A patron's not there forward... yet. No, that's true, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I am looking forward to him. Uh, Gasly, I, I think he's, he's the man. I think he's great. I think he's a fantastic for Formula 1 is, it, itself. That win that he had last year, uh, who didn't get slightly, even slightly emotional about that. It was just a beautiful weekend. Possibly my favourite weekend of that year.
2: I agree. I actually, if I remember correctly, I called Gasly my driver of last year. I think the guy was just insane. If you look at all of his race results, he moved up on every race, and he had, he was he was brilliant, and he showed what he really can do. But we've got a new driver into F1, and I find that exciting. I think moving new talent in is much better than bringing a certain Spaniard back. Um, so I'm interested to see how Gasly will compare against... Um, you know the, the the young. I think everyone knows up and coming drivers. Ah, oh, he's um, a fetus. He's a bloody fetus. <laughs> I, I was avoiding it so much. He 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 does look kind of young. He does look kind of young. I really rate Sonoda. I've
1: watched a fair bit of Formula Two last year. He's really racy. Like put him in a wheel to wheel battle, he will fight fairly but strongly. So I re- I think Sonoda will do quite well. I don't think he'll beat Gasly, but I do think he'll challenge Gasly in a good way, like Lando and Daniel will challenge each other in a good way. I think it will be quite close.
0: I'm excited to have another Japanese driver back. You know, it's been a while since we've had old Kamui Kobayashi running around doing his thing, so
2: let's see what's to know. Running around doing his thing indeed. Um, we did a React post on our on our Facebook of who, who do we think will finish better between the two drivers? Um, we had just shy of 9,000 people decided to let us know what they thought. 8.5 thousand people said Gad- Gasly will be the, num- the, the, the the better driver and 638 people said Synoda. So, I'm not hmm. surprised
1: about that but this isn't related to racing really but Sonoda is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet in your life like in interviews he honestly he's lovely so as long as he can not be lovely in the car
2: <laughs> so, I think he'll be fine So basically we need him to become an arsehole and then he might change those statistics.
1: Yeah, well, you look at someone like Lando Norris, he's all jokey outside of the car, but as soon as he puts his helmet on, he is in the zone, he is 100% serious. Like he moans at Carlos Sainz on the radio a lot last year for trying to be a hero in turn one at Russia, for example. Like friendships are put aside for Lando. I think Sonoda will be the same. As soon as his helmet's on, he'll be helmet um, race driven. Then as soon as the race is over, I think he'll become lovely again.
3: But, Is that your team talk? You're, yeah. you're leaning over to him and like, <laughs> good luck in the race. Don't be lovely.
1: <laughs> yeah, I should be Sonoda's manager, really.
2: No, not, at all. not at all. You, got you two, you'd be wet lettuce. Sweep the leg. <laughs> sweep the leg. Um, the other car we've had revealed was the Alfa Romeo. So we had uh, Juvenazzi and. M- the Iceman, ice p- Kimi Raikkonen, um, unveiling the, uh, the, the the car. Again, this was one of them, correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, but this was one of those really early morning YouTube reveals, and there were three drivers standing there, and I couldn't quite really figure out why.
1: I can't remember how early in the morning it was. There were three drivers standing there. There were Raikkonen, Giovinazzi, and then Robert Kubica, the reserve driver.
2: Yeah, but in the middle. He was in the... Why was
1: Kubica in the middle? I think because Alfa Romeo's title sponsor, or Len or Lien, I'm not too sure how you say it, are Kubica's brand. They followed Kubica throughout his career when he was at Williams. They're the title sponsor of Romeo because Kubica's there. The launch was in Warsaw, Poland, where Kubica's
2: from. And lastly, we had Red Bull. Now, I was expecting a show from Red Bull. I was thinking it was going to be one of them interactive, everyone logs in, asks the driver's questions. Nope, it wasn't. It was just a uh, click here on YouTube. Or was it even that? No, it wasn't even that. It I was mean, they just sent video. the pictures out, didn't they? So, Red Bull are being a little bit shady.
3: Very they- much Are they playing their cards too close to their chest? Because with with all these launches, I've just seen them through Twitter and and just I I log on there. I pop up. Oh, look, there's a new car. Brilliant. Zoom in, have a little look, see what I think about it. Yay or nay. And then I move on. It's, there's no pizzazz this time, uh, this time around, probably because of what's going on in the world. But, I, I, you always expect something a little different from Red Bull, and we didn't get anything. This was just, "Hi guys, look, here's our homework. It's all in early. Don't worry about it. We're going to go off. We're going to go to the coffee house, and we'll see you at the first race. It's very shady. Mm-hmm. They've got either got an amazing car underneath them, or they're really, really worried."
2: Yeah, so Elton, I think you're onto something here, Dan. You picked this up, so I'm, I'm not going to steal, st- you know, steal the thunder here. But there's been a lot of secrecy on these car images, hasn't there? There has. The example I always look at, or not always look at. It only happened this
1: year, but at McLaren's shakedown at Silverstone the day after their launch, they took a picture with all the Mercedes engine crew with their car to show off the new sponsorship with Mercedes. And they had quite literally Google painted out their barge boards in just black pen. So you couldn't see any of the, um, the fine details. And uh, Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo were sort of sat on the wheel with half their leg covering it. The barge board was all blacked out. So yeah, they're not giving away any secrets, but it wasn't a neat job. It was literally like someone had just scribbled all over the boards in a hasty,
0: hasty job, which was quite funny.
2: They should come and work for us. They sound they sound about on our on our level.
0: It was. Can I just well actually bear a little bit? There's no branding from Mercedes on the McLaren. It's not. No, it's uh, no sponsorship. There's none. And do you know why? Well, it's because they're a competitor, aren't they? You know, McLaren sell road cars. They don't want to be advertising Mercedes road cars.
2: Yeah, I I did look into this. There's no requirement in the the contracts for um, them to advertise that they have a, Mm. a Mercedes in there. It's interesting. But also, if you look at the, the pictures from the car going around Silverstone, uh, the McLaren we're still talking about, um, there are no pictures of the bottom half whatsoever. There, there is tactically placed grass just above the barge boards. Tactical so, um, grass. Tactical grass. So it, it is interesting. Um, but talking, going back to Red Bull, we have Verstappen and we have Perez. Now, this was obviously the spicy topic of last year. I mean, God, how many hours did you guys talk about it? How many hours did we talk about it? It mm-hmm. happened. Um, three. <laughs> three. <laughs> what do you guys think? The entire
0: season, just three hours. That's it.
2: Perez Verstappen. What, what's your thoughts?
0: Well, the conventional wisdom is that Verstappen is going to continue to be the Lord and Savior of all his Red Bull. Thought uh, he is the Messiah, the chosen one. Uh, he does have a Red Bull sized uh, birthmark uh, on his upper arm that was gifted to him at birth. Uh, I think Perez will do better than Alban did. And I think what's going to be interesting is if we start getting fireworks. Because if we recall when Ricardo was with Red Bull and they started getting close to each other, Verstappen doesn't do well when there are people up his jacksy, does he? <laughs>
2: When there's people nipping at his heels. He doesn't do well. No, no. There, there are collisions. collision.
3: doesn't there play nice. Fireworks. Um, Elton, what's your thought? Perez, Verstappen? I personally think that this is the strongest uh, pairing on the grid because I, I think Perez will learn from the other drivers that have been in that team. He'll see what's happened with them. If you nip at Verstappen... You kind of get bitten, and then you end up going further and further back. You drop back. He's he's going to keep close quarters with him. He might go into battle with him a couple of times, but I think it's going to be the strongest team on that grid. I think it's a wise choice to bring him into the team. And Verstappen, rightly so, as Andy said, he is the lord and saviour of Red Bull. He's going to keep pushing them forwards. He has no choice, but he's not going to have a, a season where he just sits back and goes... Do you know what? I can't be arsed this year. He's going to push forward. He's always going to push forward. And I think with Perez, you've got a great match, wingman per se, in a driver in him, and he's going to push that team forward and they are going to hopefully go great guns this year.
0: A bold prediction for you. I think Red Bull are going to get the constructors this year. Do you?
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that both
2: think, Sorry, sorry. Just, just, just for the audio. Is that both of you agreeing? Red Bull are going to win the constructors this year.
3: That's my money. My money is Red Bull will win the constructors this year. Yeah, I predicted it last year and and got nailed. So um, I'm going to predict it again this year. <laughs> I I think they will get it. Yeah.
2: I um, love I love that. I, I love that. You know, as F1 fans as we all are, you both are saying. You actually think this is possible to knock Mercedes off the top step? Well, only on the constructors. Hamilton's still going to win with drivers, but yeah, of think, course he will. Of, of course. <laughs> but,
1: but Bottas might.
0: Ah, Bottas, Bottas will be so the sweet. reason. I kind of want to ruffle your hair, Dan. No,
1: A wishful thinking. Um, no, I, th- I think Red Bull will come closer to Mercedes in the constructors. I don't think they'll beat Mercedes, um, but what will give Red Bull the advantage is Sergio Perez is absolute wizardry when it comes to managing tyres he can make tyres that are meant to go 20 laps last 40 laps so he's almost going to always be able to do the alternate strategy whether Red Bull want to overcut undercut him or whatever to Bottas or Hamilton over (sighs) (laughs) you know what I mean if they want to overcut Lewis or Valtteri or undercut Lewis or Valtteri there's that option which they perhaps didn't have with albon because he wasn't as good as perez is at managing tires. So well, there's d- always that
2: that, that takes us straight back to the turkish grand prix where it was all about tires and and wisdom essentially and and, and who did you have you had hamilton perez and vettel Except all of whom were our experts, you know, drivers with so much experience managing. I I I really think Verstappen's going to learn a lot from Perez this year. And I think it could make Verstappen an even stronger force than he already is. See, that's something I don't
0: know we're going to see. Verstappen doesn't strike me as someone who really learns from other drivers because (laughs) I kind of think Verstappen has been drinking his own Kool-Aid for quite a bit. And look, (laughs) it's justifiably so. Because that's some damn effective Kool Aid. I mean, you know, yep. he is the most exciting driver on the grid, perhaps, but I don't think he's necessarily going to. I don't think he's going to make the conscious decision to learn from Perez. I think what's going to happen is if Perez starts getting close to him or beating him, there's going to be a strop. But uh,
2: no. a little push in the in in the in the pellet.
1: There will be fireworks, I think. At Red Bull, mm-hmm. they're not going to get along all rosy like Max and Alex and Max and. Pierre did but then again Max and Alex and Max and Pierre never really had any fights because they were so far apart on track like there was no reason for them to have any fights you know Gasly and Albon were hovering around 6th 7th 8th whereas Max was always either out of the first corner or fighting for the win whereas Mm -hmm. it'll be a different situation with Checo
2: okay and 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 that leaves well it leaves Mercedes um guys I'd just like to know what your thoughts are on the Mercedes lineup this year
0: so uh, let me get this straight. There's, there's uh, Bouncy Bottas and uh, who's this other driver they've got going there? Um,
2: not, not sure. He's only got one year left. okay.
0: <laughs> L- look, the, the cars are fundamentally going to be the same cars and the engines are fundamentally going to be the same engines. These are the last years with these engine rigs and Mercedes have utterly dominated with these engine regs and Lewis is utterly dominated in that car. I think you'd have to be um, a stark craving madman to bet against Lewis Hamilton winning again this year. Now Bottas, now that's an interesting one. It's can he pull a Rossberg? or is this the year where George
2: Russell gets to go and squeeze his feet into some size 10s? Yeah, talking about George Russell squeezing feet into size 10s, it's, it's all going to change at the end of this year, right? We are going to see, from from certainly what I think, we're going to see a complete transformation of driver lineups, of, well, obviously cars, regulations, as we know. Who who would you two put in that Mercedes next year? Elson, I'm going to aim this one at you.
3: Yeah, oh, God. Um, if Hamilton's around, then you, you kind of... Hamilton's going to either stick with Mercedes or bail. He's not going to go to any other team. And he's
0: got a recording reason- career ahead of him. Hashtag blessed.
3: He, he, he does have a record- recording career ahead of him, but I, he's done and he, he keeps making a point of this. Every single lap of his Formula One career with the Mercedes engines behind him. He doesn't want to ruin that. And so mm-hmm. he will either do this year or do another year. He can always add another year on. That's fine. It's, it's like a, a top-up phone. He, he can top up whenever he wants. He has that. He can do that whenever he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. With, with bottes I, th- I I don't know why they're keeping him. I'm sorry, Dan. Don't, don't crack in awkwardly with me. Honestly, <laughs> I heard that earlier <laughs> on. <laughs> Um, I'm just going to wait for like a big uh, boxing glove to come out my screen now ballistic and whack missile the face. <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> that's a good idea hang on let me let me organize that
3: <laughs> but I I don't know I I think he's just just good enough to get that car around unfortunately he's the perfect
2: number two driver for he Mercedes is. effectively
3: because
0: well,
2: he is but only in that car at it current as it currently is because you know <laughs> i'm not sure if some of the things i can say here but bottas is perfect for that car but if if red bull like you're suggesting if they are going to be nipping at the heels bottas is not going to be the driver for the number two in mercedes is he they're going to need to up their game they're going to need to put a Russell in there yep
0: yeah. incidentally when when bottas does win this year and says to whom it may concern f you that one will be for you just yeah, just yeah. Bring, it <laughs> bring it on bring it on bring it on no I, I, I think, think I think if what well, I, I think it's going to be a case that with a stronger Red Bull Mercedes cannot have Bottas underperforming as he has been and so whereas in the past they've been like well Red Bull are you know limping around round with one driver effectively so it's fine to just let Lewis do his thing because Lewis is happy because no one's challenging him they're going to need a stronger teammate. Plus, Lewis is coming to the end of his career one way or the other. You know, there are more years behind him and ahead of him. And Russell is Mercedes' future. They're, mm. they're not going to let him with Ron the over at Williams. As soon as they can get him into that Mercedes, they're doing it. Mm. Bottas needs the season of his
1: life this year to have any chance of keeping that seat for 2022. And I think even if he has the season of his life, his future depends on Lewis. It's like, it's as simple as mm. that. If Lewis goes... I think Bottas will stay because I don't think Mercedes will risk a brand new lineup heading into 2022. I think they'd want that experience that he brings. I mean, he's not a bad driver. Like I'm biased because I really like Bottas, but he does push Lewis every Saturday in qualifying and some Sundays on race day. But, Either way, he needs to be in the form of his life for twenty twenty one. It's
2: yeah, no B- Bottas is saying it. Bottas is a good driver. I remember being at Silverstone. I can't remember what year it was, but when Bottas was in the Williams and he overtook uh, Lewis right at the start, and well, Lewis won in the end. But obviously, that was, but, um, that was a great move. Great move that one. <laughs> but Bottas is a good driver. He's just not a Lewis Hamilton. It's as simple as that.
1: He's not a Lewis I- Hamilton. You won't find many Lewis Hamilton's in the world at all like, I wouldn't say Seb's a Lewis Hamilton he's a four time world champion the range of skill Lewis has is unbelievable I don't think do I think Bottas would have been a world champion if he'd been in a Merck with someone other than
0: Lewis no I do <laughs> my, my heart
1: says I, yes I, I,
2: I do my I mean, me and says, yes. this.
0: I think Bottas is a better driver than a lot of people give him credit for Thank it's you.
2: Just OK right this is a brilliant question let's just re- rewind on this Dan ask that question one more time would Bottas have been a world champion if Lewis hadn't have been his teammate in the Mercedes so Elton shook his head Andy yeah. you nodded your head so I, I'm just going to sit back
0: I mean, we've had this argument plenty of times. I think Bottas would because Bottas is fundamentally a good driver and that is the best car. And as we saw with Sakir, you put a good driver in that car, that car has the potential to win. What it doesn't have is when you have the greatest driver of a generation as your teammate, you're going to come up short alongside him. There are certain drivers that I think if you put in the Mercedes, you know, certain Canadian drivers perhaps, you um, certain drivers who will not be named i don't think that car would win but with bottas i think that car can win a championship okay to be fair it would be easy for me to list all the drivers that couldn't win a championship in a mercedes than those who could you know yeah he's proven he can win races but and it it pains
1: me to say this but he's only won nine or ten races in his whole career which is i think it's less than max and max is in an inferior car so there, there is that argument that he's just not consistent enough week in, week out, but like he'll get many more polls or he has many more polls than he has wins, which again, I, I hate saying it because I really do like Bottas, but you bet you don't if believe Lewis in him. is there, <laughs> if Lewis is there, he doesn't have a chance, but I think he'll win in 2021.
0: Well, look at Button, look at Kimi, even, you know, you, you have to be in the right place at the right time. He's in the right place, but it's at the wrong time.
3: I I don't think he's got... He's not world championship material. I'm really sorry. I like the guy, but I don't like him that much because I I don't think he... If you put Ricardo in that team against him, Ricardo's going to win. If you put Vettel in that team, Vettel's going to win. Mm. Russell, Russell's going to win. I think that was proven at at the race last year. It was just... He's just good enough to take that team up in... to collect them points at the very end. Mm-hmm. And I think if you had a battle between Mercedes and Red Bull next year, it would go Lewis Hamilton, uh, Verstappen, Perez, Bottas. And that would be the, the first corner. And that would be every first corner because that's that's the way it works. Look look at when you had Williams versus McLaren and you had Senna and uh, Berger versus Mansell and Patrese, You had Senna at the front. And then it was more likely Berger or Patrese at the rear. And that's the way I see him. I, he, he fits a niche very well. He can drive that car bloody well. Unfortunately, I don't think he's got world championship material in him.
0: Yeah, but what if Grosjean was his teammate?
3: <laughs> Grosjean's got a little bit of magic,
1: mate. <laughs> he honestly. does. He does. He does. I'm I, I not that. saying Grosjean would beat Bottas, surely.
3: It would into turn one, turn two, they'd be then be spinning, and there'd be like a rear his car might went
2: into turn three. <laughs> 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 All right, so we 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 know that we've got a little uneven um, match at Mercedes, but this year at Ferrari, I'd say it's pretty even playing field, isn't it? The, these two are both incredible drivers. Now, I'm not a Ferrari fan, but I'm a fan of Leclerc, and I'm also a fan of Science what's going to happen this year are we going to see fireworks what you know these are pretty equal drivers in my opinion oh it is and it's going to
0: be a really tight fight for who's going to get 12th and 13th
3: (laughs) (laughs) well who's going to get which one then (laughs) i don't know it's
0: it's, it's a bit of a (laughs) toss-up
3: I think Science is going to rock up and uh, possibly blow the doors off Leclerc. And I I think they're both great drivers. Once again, I think they could be evenly matched. But I think Science might turn up, and it's a new new beginning for him. He's he's reborn again. He's he's had his time at uh, Renault and and uh, Toro Rosso and McLaren. But this is kind of what everyone is kind of steering towards—a Ferrari drive. He's got it. I think he's at the right time of his career. He's at the right age as well, and he—he he has it right there. It, if they rock up with a good car, he's going to go guns, definitely.
2: I, I I also think there's a there's a strange dimension to this where McLaren potentially are set up to do better than Ferrari this year. That's you know that, that's that's my opinion. Um, Last year. But Sainz is going to have something to prove. He, he's going to be in a Ferrari now saying, I've made the right choice moving here. I need to beat those McLarens. I think
1: Sainz is in a bit of a pickle, really, because obviously Ferrari have got Mick Schumacher coming through in the Haas this year, who Benotto has said he has hopes for in 2023 to drive the Ferrari. So Saints needs to perform in these two seasons, otherwise he's at a bit of a dead end because where do you go from Ferrari? There's no there's nowhere above it other Aston than Mercedes at the moment.
2: You go to Aston Martin. Okay, is Aston where you Martin,
1: go. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think I think Saints needs to do to Leclerc what Leclerc did to Vettel when he first joined, and come in better than people expect you to come in and take away totally
0: take away that number one, number two rule. What well, is an interesting dimension with science that I think a lot of people have forgotten. He is the only driver other than Ricardo that's taken on Verstappen and not wilted under that.
2: That, that, that is interesting. I, I hadn't thought about that. Science's yeah. best move was to
0: escape
1: the Red Bull Driver Academy when he went oh, to Renault 100%. halfway through 2017,
2: I think. It's a great, great move from him. Yeah. See, I, 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 what I want to see from science is I want to see. Um, A man on a mission. This is going to be an unpopular opinion, but I don't think I've seen that yet from him. Um, He hasn't stood out like a crazy, insanely determined driver to win to me yet. I think in this Ferrari is when we're going to see it. I don't think it'll be this Ferrari. Maybe next year's Ferrari. In, In a Ferrari.
0: Okay.
1: I think we saw it at Monza a little bit when he was chasing down Gasly in the final few laps and he had to overtake... Kimmy, after the red flag restart and his engineer was on the radio kind of going oh it's okay one at a time and science was like no I don't care about Kimmy. I want to get Gasly in front of me and then he said later on in the race he was like I want this win I think that's when we saw a bit of determination coming from science but I do agree other than that he's sat back quite a bit so I'm hoping we can see Monza science
2: I know when you yeah I know exactly when you're talking about it. my only argument is that he didn't win it so that that's we what tried. I would have wanted. Well, we all
0: tried. <laughs> um, you it know. Wasn't that the race when one particular driver just didn't bother doing a pit stop?
2: Who? Start stroll. Oh, stroll. So I thought you were making a joke against Hamilton in the red flag no, scenario. No. <laughs> no, it was in, in the Monza race. Uh, stroll
0: didn't bother doing a pit stop and ended up finishing second. Because he had a free one in the under yeah, the red yeah. flag. Yeah. Damn you, Stroll! <laughs>
1: And that's my second favourite team radio moment, I think, of the season, when Magnuson's car broke and he just wasn't bothered. He kind of went, Oh, my car broke over the radio.
2: Like he w- wasn't disappointed at all. It's quite funny. I do miss K Mag. I already miss K Mag. He he was a bit of he was a bit of a personality in F1. But what I will say is Gasly on the podium in Monza just won, and there are no fans there. Of all the years to win it, man. Oh,
3: yeah, it, it sucks to do it on that year, doesn't mm. it? And unfortunately, it's, it's one of the things, hopefully that will come around again. The I, Looking at his pain and, and his journey just sat on that podium as well. You, you could feel the weight of the world just lift from his shoulders while he was sat on that podium. It's a beautiful moment. I thought it was really, really good. Um, I hope he gets to do it again. It's like um, when science finished on the podium in Brazil the year before and all the fans have gone home and they're like, oh, no, let's all <laughs> climb up on the podium and get all the whole team up there. Yeah, it's a great moment, but you didn't get it in front of the fans, though, did you guys?
2: No. Well, on that note, we need to take a very quick pause and we'll see you on the other side. We are back on the other side so um to end the show today we, we i want to know from the grand prix podcast hosts what do they think we have to look forward to this year and also actually in 2022 because the whole sport is going to completely change in 2022 what what are you what would you put your names down to say is is going to be the action this year because i'm going to call you at the end of this year and then we're going to recap on it
3: Oh wow! Okay, um, <laughs> no pressure, man. Yeah, no pressure whatsoever. Geez, um, what do I think? Uh, I'm, I, Mercedes' dominance will be broken. That is the big thing. I think you'll you'll still have Hamilton scoring, winning races, and leading the championship. It'll it become very close. Ver, Verstappen would be very close to actually becoming a world champion. And he'll bin it at some point, but I think the dominance of Mercedes will be broken this year.
2: Okay. God, I'm a Mercedes fan. I'm a, I'm a Lewis Hamilton fan. But good God, I hope you're right, um, Andy. What what do you what what bold prediction are you going to make for this year? What bold prediction am I going to make for this? I've already made the bold prediction, which
0: is Red Bull are going to win the constructors' championship. Which, yes, you have. I see yep. that happening. Uh, Let me give you some other bold predictions. Uh, I think at least two driver changes will be made throughout the course of a season. Permanent changes, not just uh, subs.
2: And and is one of them um, in a potentially red car with white on it and um, is American? Uh, Oh, is the car American?
0: Perhaps, perhaps. (laughs) Who who knows? We'll see uh, bold predictions. Uh, I I think Rich NGD will uh, end up having zero involvement in the sport this year. Okay, so, uh, take t- take that uh, as far as you want. <laughs> yeah, it's the problem. It's it's very hard this year to do bold predictions because a we're on the last year of you know well established set of regs, and at the same time we're still kind of in pandemic town, isn't it? It's it's things could flare up in a country again, and all of a sudden another race is cancelled. So. Yeah, the the bold prediction I have is Red Bull will win a constructors' championship. Okay. Here's here's an I mean I'll give you another one just for uh, shits and giggles. Uh, I don't think Ferrari will be finishing third.
2: No, I don't either. I don't think that's a bold (laughs) statement. I think that's that's a fact. (laughs) Um, All right. Do Do you think that this year then is it? dare I say a bit of a write-off in, in, in the sense that everyone's already thinking about next year for Ferrari are publicly saying most of their focus well certainly half of their focus is going onto the 2022 car is this just a just a, just an overrun due to no, the pandemic
0: this year is probably going to be the most exciting year we've had in recent years precisely okay. because of that uh, we always see you know towards the end of a season the cars get a lot closer, you know, because they understand how the cars work. You know, the engines have got more parity and we're kind of carrying that on. Uh, I, I couldn't give, you know, two shakes of a donkey's uh, what's-its about how Ferrari do, so I don't care about them. But outside of that, I think you're going to have Mercedes. I think you're going to have uh, Red Bull. I dare say Aston Martin and McLaren fighting for podiums, maybe even wins. That'd be exciting be good to see i think williams are going to do better than last year let's face it they could hardly do worse than last year <laughs> um i i think this year will be this year has the potential to be like 2007
3: Ooh.
0: that was Ooh. the year when i think for the first seven races we had a different winner
3: from a different
0: team it was 2012 there you go but it was this is why I have Elton on my podcast, because he remembers this stuff. Well, I thought it'll it be was, like that. I
2: thought it was 2009, so okay, we're, we're, we'll meet in the middle. <laughs> no, I, 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 think, but I, th- I think it'll be about one where we could potentially have multiple
0: different winners uh, over the course of the season and not just... I don't think we're going to get the same Mercedes steamroller dominance, but I think Lewis and that Mercedes will be on the podium every race they finish.
1: I think it's important, I suppose, to remember that Mercedes have lost certain things they had in 2020 which perhaps they've gave them the advantage they've lost their DAS system which was of course banned ready for this season so how much that will affect them no one obviously knows um and then on Williams as well I don't think they'll come last I reckon they'll beat Haas and possibly Alfa Romeo um, they've got George Russell, obviously, who is... We all know how good George Russell is. I don't think Nicholas Latifi is as bad as people make him out to be. He got a couple of 11th-placed finishes, and to be fair to him, until George got his points at Sakia, he was ahead of George in the championship on countback of race results and whatever. Um. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Elton, what do you think? <laughs>
3: oh, well, with, with the changes and stuff like that... Um... I think Andy's right. With um, with the technical changes coming in, it does normally tend to squish up the field a little bit. Back runners get their get their gear together and push up towards the mid midfield and push up, up towards the front end of the the grid as well. So it does condense itself slightly, um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. L- last year we saw. Uh, Alpha Tauri looking really, really good, and I'm hoping we'll see more of that. Uh, I think Dan, you're right. I think Williams will be ahead of Haas. I I don't really see Haas pushing on per se. They might even drop out at the end of the season. That, that might be a thing. You know, someone mm. might someone might swoop in That's and go, old. "Oh, do you know what? Yeah." And he might be buying another team
0: for someone. Uh,
2: I I have to agree. I don't think Haas can sustain this any longer. If you you know, if, they can't even start their car at the moment, can they? Um, Who's got the keys? <laughs> well, there are only 19 drivers on the grid, but it's... Kevin Magnussen, he's run off with them until he gets the seat back. <laughs> <laughs> it's... hassar they are in diabolical place where, you know, they've openly said this car is not... It hasn't moved on from the year before at all. Um I mean, even Williams can say that it has. That's... You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Williams, always have been, and it's pained me to see the struggles that they've gone through. But they've got new ownership, they've got new money, essentially. Um, they're going to be moving forward. Haas, they're not. And, you know, we, we do like Drive to Survive because of our friend Gunter. but this year's going to be wild in that garage. There's no arguments. The only
1: reason that Haas have signed their driver lineup, not Mick Schumacher the other one is because he brings a lot of money with him there's they have not signed him based on talent he finished fifth in f2 they could have signed schwarzman who i think is a better driver than him obviously i lot is a better driver than him they've chosen him because of the money that he bought which shows i guess how dire their situation is there's talks of teams from monaco entering formula one william story of course has um branded his own I want to enter a Formula One team so I think there are options should Haas choose to drop out the most likely being this new team from Monaco which there is an article on our website about
0: I think if Haas drops out it will be Gene Haas dropping out and the reason they went with the driver of car 9 is his father wants to buy an F1 team and I think that's what's going to happen at the end of the year I think it will be uh, the the Top nine constructors in the world, and the team of the driver of car nine. I do feel bad for Mick being in that environment, um,
1: but yeah, car number nine's dad wanted Force India, didn't he? Yeah. When that was for sale,
0: and then got beaten by Lawrence Stroll. Mick will be over an hour from Mayo the second Kimi decides he'd rather go and just eat his magnums.
2: I've got to be honest, I do feel a bit sorry for Hess. So I think it's just been a sad. A sad chain of events for Haas. They came in with with all the right thinking and it's just absolutely fallen apart. But there is one team, guys, that we haven't spoken about on this podcast yet. Which one is it? Alpine? Correct. So what do you guys think of the return of the Alonso? And also, Renault, they did fairly well last year. They've lost Cyril. They've lost the name Renault. They are now Alpine. Lost what, Daniel what? Ricardo as well. Well, and, and Daniel Ricciardo, yep. So this is a, this is a different team, basically, isn't it? What are they going to do this year? What's your predictions for them? Fifth, maybe. <laughs> if that.
3: I don't know. They, they did have a very good car last year. They got some good results as well, and I think we saw Alonso in the pit lane, rubbing his hands with glee, looking forward to to getting his little mitts on that car, I and. Love
2: that. That lap in his 2005 car. Oh. oh, that was that was my favourite part. Of oh. One of my favourite parts of the season. Yeah. I watched that about five times over. Honestly, Dan, Dan was asking what we spoke about the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. It was a lot of just <laughs> that. Yeah.
3: yeah, Renault brought their toys to school, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. They yeah.
2: Alonso that. won yeah. the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix in my yeah. mind.
3: <laughs> exactly. But I, I, last year, I think they had a very good car. I think uh, Ocon didn't perform as well as what I would have liked him to against Ricardo, but I think he will. I I think he's got talent. He's proved that in the past. I think his year out didn't help him, and hopefully he's a bit more up to speed now. Uh, Their young driver coming along uh, this year in Alonso, uh, he should be very good. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. If anyone can drag something out of that car, it's going to be him. And I think he's going to get podiums. I'm not saying he's going to get wins,
2: though. Wow. Okay. See, a lot of people are saying Alonso is well past his sell-by date. I um, oh, no, no. Alon-
0: Alonso, to my mind, is one of the best drivers of this generation. I mean, look, he he makes terrible decisions, and let's face <laughs> it, his manager's Flavio Briatore, so you can understand mm-hmm. that. But I mean, he he. I remember a while back, uh, and I can't remember who it was, but someone was. I know what it was. We we were doing one of our um, deck chairs and dirty air podcasts. Where we were basically having a dig at Jackie Stewart. Now, Jackie Stewart is always very down on modern F1 drivers, saying, Well, back in my day, Jim Clark was, you know, winning all these races, and then he'd go to F2, and then he'd go to sports cars and, and do all this. And I'm like, well, look, modern F1 cars, you have to be so dedicated. You know, there's so much more training, so much more G forces. You just can't, you can't dabble in other sports like you used to. But mm-hmm. Fernando Alonso went from Formula One, and let's face it, being as competitive as you could be in that McLaren to winning in WEC, to competing in the uh, Dakar Rally, you know, he, he is a pure driving machine. So, yeah, I think he will come back and he will be, he'll be good. I, I don't think age has anything to do with him not doing well. I think what's more likely to do it is I think Renault are kind of um, hemorrhaging from the inside. You know, they've lost uh, Cyril, and David, uh, is it Brivio, um, who's come over from MotoGP? He, he was fantastic in MotoGP. He got Rossi his MotoGP championships with uh, Yamaha. But I don't know how he does with Formula One. Formula One's a different beast. So
2: hmm.
0: you know we'll wait and see. But no, Fernando Alonso, you give him, a, you stick Fernando Alonso in a Mercedes next to Valtteri Bottas, and Alonso's winning that world championship <laughs> like that.
2: <laughs> but it just makes no sense to me that Renault were doing so well last year, so well. And everything that it was built upon is now gone. I I don't feel like I'm in as good a place to
1: comment on this as you, because I was too young to remember Fernando's dominant years during his time at Renault, his first in at Renault. I was sort of two, three, four during that time. So I can't, say, I can't say anything. I've only ever seen, remembrance-wise, Fernando being midfield at best in the McLaren. So, I don't know. I don't feel like Cyril is a particularly big loss. I never rated him that highly as a team boss. I feel like Daniel Ricardo is a big loss and will be felt around the Renault factory because he was such a positive vibe. Let's get keep everyone happy. Happiness brings results. Whereas Alonso is hard work and 24-hour shift brings results. So, I'm not sure the Renault staff will be too happy um, the following year. I think he'll get results.
2: I don't think he'll beat Ocon. Do you know what I find mad? I was watching the Drive to Survive, the one that's currently on Netflix, and it feels like they've missed like two years because it was Daniel Ricciardo's first year at Renault when you think about it, last year. And I was watching this I was like, I've forgotten a year in F1 here, right? And he's already moving on. And I think, I think Daniel Ricciardo is a huge loss. But Ocon, Ocon I just consider a bit of a midfield.
1: Always it shows done. how little faith he had in Renault, though, to move before the season even started. He signed with McLaren, and you know McLaren and Renault were fairly even in twenty nineteen. It shows how he thought McLaren would, well, not even how McLaren would do well,
2: but how Renault wouldn't do well. Uh, I would argue it was it was part of a bigger plan. It was as it was a stepping stone. It, and I would I would also just say with
0: uh, Ricardo deciding to leave uh, Renault's parent company, like the company Renault. I was going through a lot of shit at the end of last, end of twenty nineteen, because their CEO was like arrested for embezzlement and like on the runway walking to his private jet, he got arrested and everything. And there's a lot of questions of, are Renault even going to continue in motorsport? There was a lot of stuff going on with that. And every time there's any kind of big economic crisis, you've always got to look at the manufacturer teams and say, so are you sticking around or are you trotting off? So I can I can understand why Ricardo probably went. McLaren will always be in Formula One, you know, as long as Formula One is there. Mm. Renault, yeah, take it or leave it. I'll go around and call myself Alpine for a
2: couple of years and then you know maybe come back. So last thing before before we end the show tonight. Coronavirus created possibly one of the greatest F1 seasons of all time. Would you agree with that statement? Yes or no? No. No. Okay.
3: Why? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I um I, I've seen a few, uh, a few seasons now, Dan. I, th- this goes back before 2000, bef- before the, the, the turning of the clocks, before everything was shiny and new like an Apple store. <laughs> oh, and when I was a lad. Yes. We're <laughs> a, <laughs> and I Shiny, a <laughs> um, God, I'm flipping old, man. <laughs> Are you about to tell me about the first British Grand Prix? Wow, God damn it! Uh, no, uh, God, when American as well? What the hell was that about? Uh, <laughs> I don't think. It, I, I think it was a great season. Compacted, we we got a lot of dramas. I have personally seen better seasons. I've seen a lot of worse seasons, though. It's it is up there, but it's not the best in my my rankings. But I think that's more nostalgia than anything. If I was coming into it. And I've gone through the, like, the Schumacher years and the, the Alonzo years, and now going on to Mettle. the Hamilton years. Oh, <laughs> Mettle, thank you very much. I forgot that one. Um, yeah, it, it could have been oh, yeah, this was a, a really good season out of all of that lot, but it's not the greatest one I've seen. Which one was? Oh, no.
2: <laughs> you set yourself <laughs> up for that one.
3: I know. I loaded the gun and I. It'll uh, be '94. No, like no, I'd be ninety three. <laughs> okay, 93 yeah, 93 was amazing, absolutely yeah. amazing. Senna in that uh, McLaren, McClown. yeah, Yeah, looks on cool. ninety
2: three.
3: Yeah. yeah, Brazil yeah. ninety three as well. Mm-hmm. Just bonkers. I'm guessing you guys have seen the reruns of these.
2: I was, I was too young. Well, I, I, I was alive, but I have rewatched it. <laughs>
3: That's a great sentence. I was alive just before then.
2: Dan, I, I don't think body. was, but I was. I was um, definitely not. No, no. Dan, Dan hadn't even been thought about by that point. Um. Not even a glint in the milkman's eye.
3: <laughs> say, uh, Andy, don't say that to Dan. He doesn't even know what a milkman is. It's okay. Fine. Probably doesn't. <laughs> I,
1: I wasn't <laughs> born last year. I know what a <laughs> milkman is. <laughs>
0: That's our new guiding line on how old someone is. Do you know what a milkman is? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'll answer your question about last year. I don't think it was the best year. What I think last year was was an interesting glimpse into what Formula One could be. Because my biggest gripe with Formula One and, you know, if if we were doing How to Fix the F1 episode, this is something mm-hmm. I might have mentioned, yep. but I hate how uh, data-driven and preordained everything is. You know, they... they they choose their tyres at the beginning of the season for the races. You know, they have their allocations. They have copious amounts of data. They have three days of testing and all this. And last year was interesting because all of a sudden, they're going to circuits they've never raced at before. At the times of year, they've never raced at before. And I think that was interesting. Turning up at Turkey, a racetrack they haven't raced at in... When was the last time they raced at Turkey before that, right, Elton? 2011. Right, fine. Right, let's say that. Nine years previously, right? Mm-hmm. And they just resurfaced it. So every bit of data they had went out the window, created yeah. one of the most exciting races of the last decade. And that's what I want out of Formula One. I want One of the things I want to see them start doing is mixing up the calendar. So all of a sudden, you know, you don't always start at Australian. You don't always end at Abu Dhabi. You know, it's a bit of a lottery. You know, one year you might start at Silverstone. You might end at, I don't know, Paul Rickard. No, maybe.
2: no, hopefully, my point not. no <laughs> hopefully not. That was the worst one you could have come up with there. We, well, I we, almost said Monaco, which would have been the worst. one. Yeah, no, we, we don't need but, to race at Paul Ricard. Even
0: uh, we, we don't. Uh, no, we could. No, we could race at Paul Ricard McC- if they made it multiple choice, but that's a different discussion. <laughs> but my point is, they need to get away from that being totally folk data-driven and just you know everything kind of to the nth degree. And we saw some glimpses of that last year. You know, with like Portugal, with. um uh, where was the other Italian one, the second one where was a Magello. Magello, there you go. Magello, uh, and with Turkey. Those were, you know, really interesting for me. You know. So mm. but I mean at the end of the day, you know, Lewis, you know, he won a race. Literally on three wheels at one point.
2: So <laughs> I mean who could Literally have written it? <laughs> who heels? could have written it at Silverstone of all places with so, no fans? Imagine I mean, the crowds. Oh I said this last week. I was like, oh my God, can you imagine a being there when Lewis won on three wheels with the Stappen coming down on him? Oh I think so, the reason we'll never judge 2020, 2019,
1: 2018, etc., as a great season is just because of the lack of championship battle. Lewis has always run it. Three, two, four races before the end of the season. So after that, it's, you know, everyone's just kind of gone, oh, well, that's that over. If you look back to seasons like, I don't know, 2008, it was on TV recently, whereas Hamilton literally won the title at the last corner and then Ollie burst out crying. Um, in <laughs> oh, happiness every time I watch it, every time we, <laughs> we were watching it recently, it was just messing, yeah. Ollie was messaging, like, I'm in <laughs> tears. Um, <laughs> But if you look at that, like that, everyone was on the edge of their seats until the last corner. Then now, by the third corner at Cota, normally everyone can go. Oh, well, that was Hamilton winning again. Yeah, two thousand and seven as well. You had three
0: there. could win in the last race, and the one who ended up winning was the one that was behind.
2: <laughs> yeah, and that, that's, be- that's because um, yeah, there is a lot more behind two thousand and seven, but we won't get into yeah. that. He yeah, um, cry sad tears for talking about two thousand and seven, not happy. To
0: but, be but the point is, it's it's. I don't like it when the championship's tied up in Mexico or something like that. You know, it's just, well, then yeah. what's the point in showing so, up to the other races?
2: So what we need this year is we need Max Verstappen to win on the last race, which puts Red Bull as Constructors' champions in... Oh, dare I say it. It's Abu Dhabi, isn't it? Yeah. Well,
0: I don't know. There could be a nasty outbreak of COVID around that time. Bottas <laughs> fancies winning that
1: last race and taking the championship. I will not mind if he wants to do that
2: and then... I will just explode with i will eat my socks if that happens there you go you heard it here um guys thank you so much yeah guys thank you so much for being on the show it's been really really good fun and for those that don't listen to your podcast that should and 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 just for reference i i do not recommend other podcasts on this show but i do recommend this one where can they find it
3: uh shall i take this one
2: Oh, it's all, your, it's
3: all you, baby. Do okay, your thing. right? <laughs> uh, if you head over to road2media.com, you can find the Grand Prix podcast over there. It's me and Andy talking after each and every race, uh, dissecting them as best as we can, probably ballsing them up and getting names wrong and facts wrong. But we're not here for the names and facts. We're just here for fun. Uh, so, yeah, head over to road2media.com. You can find lots of other podcasts that we do over there as well they're all all on the itunes and, and apple podcasts and all the other places that you you search for your podcasts if they're not there message me and i'll try and put it on there
2: good stuff and elton you said earlier that you don't listen to our podcast so i highly recommend taking a listen you know we have some good stuff here too as well but uh <laughs> thank you for being part of it um andy thank you very much as well sir it's uh, it's been a long time coming so thank you for been being emotional part. It has, it has. And mm-hmm. editing this is going to be equally as emotional. So um, thank you. Oh, I've pretty got on swears at least, you know, not many. No, no, you only owe me a few quid. <laughs> <laughs> um, good stuff. And Dan, thank you very much, sir. Thank you. We will be back next week. Thank you. Goodbye.
3: Podcast Network.